Parashah 15, read from the complete Jewish Bible, translated by David Stern. We start with Exodus 10. Adonai said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have made him and his servants hard-hearted, so that I can demonstrate these signs of mine among them, so that you can tell your son and grandson about what I did to Egypt and about my signs that I demonstrated among them, and so that you will always know that I am Adonai. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, Here's what Adonai, God of the Hebrews, says. How much longer will you refuse to submit to me? Let my people go so that they can worship me. Otherwise, if you refuse to let my people go, Tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory. One won't be able to see the ground. So completely will the locusts cover it. They will eat anything you still have that escaped the hail, including every tree you have growing in the field. They will fill your houses and those of your servants and of all the Egyptians. It will be like nothing. Your fathers or their fathers have ever seen since the day where they were born until today. Then he turned his back and left. Pharaoh's servants said to him, How much longer must this fellow be a snare for us? Let the people go and worship Adonai their God. Don't you understand yet that Egypt is being destroyed? So Moses and Aaron were brought to Pharaoh again. And he said to them, Go, worship Adonai your God. But who exactly is going? And then Moses answered, We will go with our young and our old, our sons and our daughters, and we will go with our flocks and herds. For we must celebrate a feast to Adonai. Pharaoh said to him, said to them, Adonai certainly will be with you if I ever let you go with your children. It's clear that you are up to no good, nothing doing. Just the men among you may go and worship Adonai. That's what you want, isn't it? And they were driven out of Pharaoh's presence. Adonai said to Moses, Reach out your hand over the land of Egypt so that locusts will invade the land and eat every plant that the hail has left. Moses reached out with his staff over the land of Egypt, and Adonai caused an east wind to blow on the land all day and all night, and in the morning the east wind brought the locusts. The locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and settled throughout Egypt's territory. It was an invasion more severe than there had ever been before or will be again. They completely covered the ground so that the ground looked black. They ate every plant growing from the ground and all the fruit of the trees left by the hail. Not one green thing remained, not a tree, not a plant in the field, in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh hurried to summon Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against Adonai your God and against you. Now, therefore, please forgive my sin just this once and intercede with Adonai your God so that he will at least take away from me this deadly plague. 
<coughs> he went out from Pharaoh and interceded with Adonai. Adonai reversed the wind and made it blow very strongly from the west. It took up the locusts and drove them into the Sea of Saph. Not one locust remained on Egyptian soil, but Adonai made Pharaoh hard-hearted, and he didn't let the people of Israel go. Adonai said to Moses, Reach out your hand toward the sky, and there will be darkness over the land of Egypt. Darkness, so thick it can be felt. Moses reached out his hand toward the sky, and there was a thick darkness in the entire land of Egypt for three days. People couldn't see each other, and no one went anywhere for three days, but all the people of Israel had light in their homes. <coughs> Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, Go worship Adonai, only leave your flocks and herds behind. Your children may go with you. And Moses answered, You must also see to it that we have sacrifices and burnt offerings so that we can sacrifice to Adonai our God. Our livestock will also go with us. Not a hoof will be left behind because we must choose some of them to worship Adonai our God. And we don't know which ones we will need to worship Adonai until we get there. But Adonai made Pharaoh hard-hearted and he would not let them go. Pharaoh said to them, get away from here and you had better not see my face again because the day you see my face you will die. And Moses answered, well spoken, I will see your face no more. Adonai said to Moses, I'm going to bring still one more plague on Pharaoh in Egypt, and after that he will let you leave here. When he does let you go, he will throw you out completely. Now tell the people that every man is to ask his neighbor and every woman her neighbor for gold and silver jewelry. Adonai made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people. Moreover, Moses was regarded by Pharaoh's servants and the people as a very great man in the land of Egypt. Moses said, Here's what Adonai says. About midnight I will go out into Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt will die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh sitting on his throne to the firstborn of the slave girl at the handmill, and the firstborn of the livestock. There will be a horrendous wailing throughout all the land of Egypt. There, was, there has never been another like it, and there will never be again. But not even a dog's growl will be heard against any of the people of Israel, neither against people nor against animals. In this way, you will realize that Adonai distinguishes between Egyptians and Israel. All your servants will come down to me, prostrate themselves before me and say, get out, you and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. And he will out. And he went out from Pharaoh in the heat of anger. Adonai said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, so that still more 
of my wonders will be shown in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, but Adonai had made Pharaoh hard-hearted, and he didn't let the people of Israel leave his land. Adonai spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. He said, You are to begin your calendar with this month. It will be the first month of the year for you. Speak to all the assembly of Israel and say, On the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb or kit from his family, one per household, except that if the household is too small for a whole lamb or kit, then he and his next-door neighbor should share one, dividing it in proportion to the number of people eating it. Your animal must be without defect, a male in its first year, and you may choose it from either sheep or goats. You are to keep it until the 14th day of the month, and then the entire assembly of the community of Israel will slaughter it at dusk. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the two sides and top of the door frame at the entrance of the house in which they eat it. That night, they are to eat the meat roasted in the fire. They are to eat it with matzah and manna. Don't eat it raw or boiled, but roasted in the fire with its head, the lower parts of its legs and inner organs. Let nothing of it remain until morning. If any of it does remain, burn it up completely. And I must say that was with matzah and marar. Marar Mar- is bitter, bitter herbs. Bitter herbs. Mm. Uh, here is how you are to eat it. With your belt fastened, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you are to eat it hurriedly. It is Adonai's Passover. For that night I will pass through the land of Egypt and kill all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and animals. And I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt. I am Adonai. The blood will serve you as a sign, marking the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you when I, I will pass over you. When I strike the land of Egypt, the death blow will not strike you. This will be a day for you to remember and celebrate as a festival to Adonai. From generation to generation, you are to celebrate it by a perpetual regulation. For seven days, you are to eat matzah. On the first day, remove the leaven from your houses. For whoever eats yeast from the first to the seventh day is to be cut off from Israel. On the first and seventh days, you are not to have an you are to have an assembly set aside for God. On these days, no work is to be done except to watch to accept what each must do to prepare his food. So you may do only that. You are to observe the festival of matzah, for on this very day I brought your divisions out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you are to observe this day from generation to generation by a perpetual regulation. 
From the evening of the 14th day of the first month until the evening of the 21st day, you are to eat matzah. During those seven days, no leaven is to be found in your houses. Whoever eats food with hamas, also known as yeast, in it is to be cut off from the community of Israel. It doesn't matter whether he is a foreigner or a citizen of the land. Eat nothing with yeast in it. Wherever you live, eat matzah. Then Moses called for all the leaders of Israel and said, Select and take lambs for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop leaves and dip it in the blood, which is in the basin, and smear it on the two sides and top of the door frame. Then none of you is to go out the door of his house until morning. For Adonai will pass through to kill the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on the top and two sides, Adonai will pass over the door and will not allow the slaughterer to enter your houses and kill you. You are to observe this as a law, you and your descendants forever. When you come to the land which Adonai will give you, as he has promised, you are to observe this ceremony. When your children ask you, what do you mean by this ceremony? Say, it is the sacrifice of Adonai's Pesach, also known as Adonai's Passover, because Adonai passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he killed the Egyptians, but spared our houses. The people of Israel bowed their heads and worshipped. Then the people of Israel went and did as Adonai had ordered Moses and Aaron. That is what they did. At midnight, Adonai killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh sitting on his throne to the firstborn of the prisoner in the dungeon and all the firstborn of livestock. Pharaoh got up in the night, he all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was horrendous wailing in Egypt, for there wasn't a single house without someone dead in it. He summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Up and leave my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go serve Adonai as you said. Take both your flocks and your herds as you said, and get out of here. But bless me too, the Egyptians pressed to send the people out of the land quickly because they said otherwise we'll all be dead. The people took their dough before it had become leavened and wrapped their kneading bowls in their clothes on their shoulders. The people of Israel had done what Moses had said. They had asked the Egyptians to give them silver and gold jewelry and clothing. And Adonai had made the Egyptians so favorably disposed toward the people that they had let them have whatever they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. The people of Israel traveled from Ramses to Sukkot, some 600,000 men on foot, not counting children. A mixed crowd also went up with them, as well as livestock in large numbers, both flocks and herds. They baked matzah loaves from the dough they had brought out of Egypt, since it was unleavened, 
because they had driven out of Egypt without time to prepare supplies for themselves. The time the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years to the day, all the divisions of Adonai left the land of Egypt. This was a night when Adonai kept vigil to bring them out of the land of Egypt. And this same night continues to be a night when Adonai keeps vigil for all the people of Israel through all their generations. Adonai said to Moses and Aaron, This is the regulation for the Passover lamb. No foreigner is to eat it. But if anyone has a slave he bought for money, when you have circumcised it, he may eat it. Neither a traveler nor a hired servant may eat it. It is to be eaten in one house. You are not to take any of the meat outside the house, and you're not to break any of its bones. The whole community of Israel is to keep it. If a foreigner staying with you wants to observe Adonai's Passover, all his males must be circumcised. Then he may take part and observe it. He will be like a citizen of the land, but no uncircumcised person is to eat it. The same teaching is to apply equally to the citizen and to the foreigner living among you. All the people of Israel did just as Adonai had ordered Moses and Aaron. On that very day, Adonai brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their divisions. Adonai said to Moses, Set aside for me all the firstborn. Whatever is first from the womb among the people of Israel, both of humans and of animals, belongs to me. Moses said to the people, Remember this day on which you left Egypt, <clears throat> the abode of slavery, because Adonai, by the strength of his hand, has brought you out of this place. Do not eat leaven. You are leaving today in the month of Aviv, when Adonai brings you into the land of Canaan, Hittite, Amorite, Hivi, and the <coughs> Jezubi, which he swore to your ancestors to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey. You are to observe this ceremony in this month. For seven days you are to eat matzah, and the seventh day is to be a festival for Adonai. Matzah is to be eaten throughout the seven days, Neither leaven nor leavening agents are to be seen with you throughout your territory. On that day you tell your son, it is because of what Adonai did for me when I left Egypt. Moreover, it will serve you as a sign on the hand and as a reminder between your eyes, so that Adonai's Torah may be on your lips. Because with a strong hand, Adonai brought you out of Egypt. Therefore, you are to observe this regulation at its proper time, year after year. When Adonai brings you into the land of the Canaanite, as he swore to you and your ancestors and gives it to you, you are to set apart for Adonai everything that is first from the womb. Every firstborn male animal will belong to Adonai. Every firstborn from a donkey, 
you are to redeem with a lamb. But if you choose not to redeem it, you must break its neck. But from people, you are redeem every firstborn son. When at some future time, your son asks you, what is this? Then say to him, with a strong hand, Adonai brought us out of Egypt, out of the abode of slavery. And when Pharaoh was unwilling to let us go, Adonai killed all the firstborn males in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of humans and the firstborn of animals. This is why I sacrifice to Adonai any male that is first from the wound of an animal. But all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. This will serve as a sign on your hand and at the front of your headband around your forehead that will, that with a strong hand Adonai brought you out of Egypt. Then we have Jeremiah 46, 13 through 28. And that's page 619. This word Adonai spoke to Jeremiah, the prophet, concerning how Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babel, would come and attack the land of Egypt. Proclaim in Egypt, announce in Megdal, announce in Noth and Tekpanches, Say, take your stand, get ready, for all around you the sword is destroying. Why has your strong one been overthrown? He failed to stand because Adonai pushed him down. He caused many to trip. Yes, they fell all over each other. Then they said, Adonai has overthrown Israel. Let's return to our own people, back to the land where we were born, away from the sword that destroys. They cried there, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, makes noise. But he lets the right time, but he lets the right time slip by. As I live, says the king, whose name is Adonai Zavaot, <coughs> when he comes, he will be as mighty as Tabor among the mountains, as Carmel next to the sea. Daughter living in Egypt, prepare what you need for exile. For Noth will become a ruin, laid waste without inhabitant. Egypt is a beautiful female calf, but a horse fly from the north has come to attack her. Her mercenaries too, that she had with her were like well-fed calves in a stable. But they too have withdrawn in retreat. They all ran away without standing their ground. For their day of disaster has come over them, the time for them to be punished. Egypt hisses like a snake as the enemy's army marches, marches ahead attacking her with their axes like lumbermen chopping trees. They cut down her forests, says Adonai, for they cannot be numbered. Yes, there are more of them than locusts. 
far too many to count. The daughter of Egypt is put to shame, handed over to the people from the north. Adonai Zabaot, the God of Israel says, I will punish Ammon from No, Pharaoh and Egypt with her gods and kings. That is Pharaoh and those who trust in him. I will hand them over to those who seek their lives, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babel, and to his servants. But afterwards, Egypt will be inhabited, as in the past, says Adonai. Yet don't be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Don't be distressed, Israel. For I will save you from faraway places and your offspring from the lands where they are held captive. Jacob will return and be at peace quiet with no one to make him afraid. Don't be afraid, Jacob, my servant, says Adonai, for I am with you, and I will finish off all the nations where I have scattered you. However, you I will not finish off. I will discipline you as you deserve, but not completely destroy you. And then we have Matthew 2617 through 2766. And we find that starting on page 1257. 2617. 17. On the first day for Matzah, the Talmudin came to Yeshua and asked, Where do you want us to prepare your cedar? Go into the city. To so-and-so, he replied, and tell him that the rabbi says, My time is near. My Talmudin and I are celebrating Passover at your house. And the Talmudin did as Yeshua directed and prepared the cedar. When evening came, Yeshua reclined with the twelve disciples. And as they were eating, he said, Yes, I tell you that one of you is going to betray me. They became terribly upset and began asking him, one after the other, Lord, you don't mean me, do you? He answered, The one who dips his matzah in the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man will die just as the Tanakh says he will. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him had he never been born. Judas, the one who was betraying him, then asked, Surely, Rabbi, you don't mean me. He answered, The words are yours. While they were eating, Yeshua took a piece of matzah and made the blessing, broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Also, he took a cup of wine, made the brakla, also known as a blessing, and gave it to them saying, All of you drink from it, for this is my blood which ratifies the new covenant. My blood shed on behalf of many so that they may have their sins forgiven. 
I tell you, I will not drink this fruit of the vine again until the day I drink new wine with you in my Father's kingdom. After singing the Hallel, they went out to Mount of Olives. Yeshua then said to them, Tonight you will all lose faith in me, as the Tanakh says. I will strike the shepherd dead, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you into the Galilee. I will never lose faith in you. Peter answered, Even if everyone else does. Yeshua said to him, Yes, I tell you that tonight, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Even if I must die with you, Peter replied, I will never disown you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Then Yeshua went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane. And said to them, Sit here a while. Sit here while I go there and pray. He took with him Peter and... Zebedai, Zebedai's two sons. Grief and anguish came over him, and he said to them, My heart is so filled with sadness that I could die. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going on a little further, he fell on his face praying, Oh, Father, if possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. He returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, Where Were you so weak that you couldn't stay awake with me for even an hour? Stay awake and pray that you will not be put to the test. The spirit indeed is eager, but the human nature is weak. A second time, He went off and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink it, let what you want be done. Again he returned and found them sleeping. Their eyes were so heavy. Leaving them again, he went off and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said, For now, go on sleeping. Take your rest. Look, the time has come for the Son of Man to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. While Yeshua was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a large crowd carrying swords and clubs from the head Cohen and elders of the people. The betrayer had arranged to give them a signal. The man I kiss is the one you want. Grab him. He went straight up to Yeshua and said, Shalom, Rabbi, and kissed him. Yeshua said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then they moved forward, laid hold of Yeshua, and arrested him. At that, one of the men with Yeshua reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck at the servant of the Kohen Haggadol, cutting off his ear. Yeshua said to him, Put your sword back where it belongs, for everyone who uses the sword will die by the sword. 
Don't you know that I can ask my father and he will instantly provide more than a dozen armies of angels to help me. But if I did that, how could the passages in the Tanakh be fulfilled that say it has to happen this way? Then Yeshua addressed the crowd. So you came out to take me with swords and clubs, the way you would the leader of a rebellion. Every day I sat in the temple court teaching, and you didn't seize me then. But all this has happened so that what the prophets wrote may be fulfilled. Then the disciples all deserted him and ran away. Those who had seized Yeshua let him off to Caiapha, the Kohen Haggadah, where the Torah teachers and the elders were assembled. Peter followed him at a distance as far as the courtyard of the Kohen Haggadah. Then he went inside and sat down with the guards to see what the outcome would be. The head Kohen and the whole Sanhedrin looked for some false evidence against Yeshua so that they might put him to death. But they didn't find any, even though many liars came forward to give testimony. At last, however, two people came forward and said, this man said, I could tear down God's temple and build it again in three days. The Kohen Haggadah stood up and said, Have you nothing to say to the accusation these men are making? Yeshua remained silent. The Kohen Haggadah said to him, I put you under oath. By the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Yeshua said to him, The words are your own. But I tell you, that one day you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Most High and coming on the clouds of heaven. At this, the Kohen Haggadah tore his robes. Blasphemy, he said. Why do we still need witnesses? You heard him blaspheme. What is your verdict? Guilty, they answered. He deserves death. Then they spit in his face and pounded him with their fists. And those who were beating him said, Now you, Messiah, prophesy to us. Who hit you that time? Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard when a servant girl came up to him. You, too, were with Yeshua from the Galilee, she said, but he denied it in front of to everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. He went out onto the porch and another girl saw him and said to the people there, This man was with Yeshua of Nazareth. Again, he denied it, swearing, I don't know the man. After a little while, the bystanders approached Peter and said, You must be one of them. Your accent gives you away. This time, he began to invoke a curse on himself as he swore, I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. Peter remembered what Yeshua had said. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and cried bitterly. Early in the morning, all the head Cohen and elders met 
to plan how to bring about Yeshua's death. Then they put him in chains, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judah, who had betrayed him, saw that Yeshua had been condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty silver coins to the head corn and elders, saying, I sinned in betraying an innocent man to death. What is that? To us, they answered, that's your problem. Hurling the pieces of silver into the sanctuary, he left. Then he went off and hanged himself. The head Cohen took the silver coins and said, It is prohibited to put this into the temple treasury because it is blood money. So they decided to use it to buy the potter's field as a cemetery for foreigners. This is how it came to be called the Field of Blood, a name it still bears. Then what Zechariah the prophet spoke was fulfilled. And they took the 30 silver coins, which was the price the people of Israel had agreed to pay for him, and used them to buy the potter's field, just as the Lord directed me. Meanwhile, Yeshua was brought before the governor, and the governor put this question to him. Are you the king of the Jews? Yeshua answered, The words are yours. But when he was accused by the head cone and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Don't you hear all these charges they are making against you? But to the governor's great amazement, he did not say a single word in reply to the accusations. It was the governor's custom during a festival to set free one prisoner, whomever the crowd asked for. There was at that time a notorious prisoner being held, named Yeshua Barabbas. So when a crowd had gathered, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to set free for you, Barabbas or Yeshua, called the Messiah? For he understood that it was out of jealousy that they had handed him over. While he was sitting in court, his wife sent him a message. Leave that innocent man alone. Today in a dream I suffered terribly because of him. But the head Cohen persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas' release and to have Yeshua executed on the stake. Which of the two do you want me to set free for you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. Pilate said to them, Then what should I do with Yeshua called the Messiah? They all said, Put him to death on the stake. Put him to death on the stake. When he asked why, What crime has he committed? They shouted all the louder, Put him to death on the stake. When Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather than <clears throat> that a riot was starting, he took water, washed his hands in front of the crowd, and said, My hands are clean of this man's blood. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, His blood is on us and on our children. Then he released to them Barabbas, but Yeshua, after having him whipped, he handed over to be executed on a stake. The governor's soldiers took Yeshua into the headquarters building, and the whole battalion gathered around him. 
They stripped off his clothes and put on him a scarlet robe, wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head and put a stick in his right hand. Then they kneeled down in front of him and made fun of him. Hail to the king of the Jews. They spit on him and used the stick to beat him about the head. Then they had, when they had finished ridiculing him, they took off the robe, put on his own clothes back on him, and led him away to be nailed to the execution stake. As they were leaving, they met a man from Serene named Simon, and they forced him to carry Yeshua's execution stake. When they arrived at a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they gave him wine mixed with bitter gall to drink, but after tasting it, he would not drink it. After they had nailed him to the stake, they divided his clothes among them by throwing dice. Then they sat down to keep watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written notice stating the charge against him. This is Yeshua, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were placed on execution stakes with him, one on the right and one on the left. People passing by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So you can destroy the temple, can you, and rebuild it in three days? Save yourself if you are the Son of God and come down from the stake. Likewise, the head Cohen jeered at him, along with the Torah teachers and elders. He saved others, but he can't save himself. So he's king of Israel, is he? Let him come down now from the stake. Then we'll believe him. He trusted God, so let him rescue him if he wants him. After all, he did say, I'm the son of God. Even the robbers nailed up with him, insulted him in the same way. From noon until three o'clock in the afternoon, all the land was covered with darkness. At about three, Yeshua uttered a loud cry. My God, my God, why have you deserted me? On hearing this, some of the bystanders said, he's calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge soaked it in vinegar, and put it on a stick and gave it to him to drink. The rest said, wait, let's see if Elijah comes and rescues him. But Yeshua again, crying out in a loud voice, yielded up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the temple was ripped in two from top to bottom, and there was an earthquake with rocks spitting apart, splitting apart. Also, the graves were opened, and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. And after Yeshua rose, he came out of the graves. They came out of the graves and went into the holy city, where many people saw them. When the Roman officer and those with him who were keeping watch over Yeshua saw the earthquake and what was happening, they were awestruck and said, he really was a son of God. 
There were many women there, looking on from a distance. They had followed Yeshua from the Galilee, helping him. Among them were Marian, <coughs> Magdalene, Miriam, the mother of Jacob and Joseph, and the mother of Zabadeh's sons. Towards evening, there came a wealthy man from Ramatayim called Joseph, who was himself a Talmudid, Talmudin of Yeshua. He approached Pilate and asked for Yeshua's body, and Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen sheet, and laid it in his own tomb, which he had recently had cut out of the rock. After rolling a large stone in front of the entrance of the tomb, he went away. Miriam of Magdala and the other Miriam stayed there, sitting opposite the grave. Next day, after the preparation, the head Cohen and the Philistines, Pharisees. Pharisees, I'm sorry, went together to Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said while he was alive, after three days I will be raised. Therefore, order that the grave be made secure till the third day. Otherwise, the disciples may come, steal him away, and say to the people, he was raised from the dead, and the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you may have your guard. Go and make the grave as secure as you know how. So they went and made the grave secure by sealing the stone and putting the guard on watch. Oh, thank you, Father God, for a great parashah today. Gives us a lot to ponder and think about. We pray that you will be with us this week as, as you have been in the past. Father God, we humble ourselves before you this very day and ask that you would bless those that come in contact with us. In the name of Yeshua, we pray, amen. Amen.